Webway Worldwide. Webway Worldwide? The Worldwide Webway. This is Dark City Discord. I'm Scott. And I'm Stuart. And we are the Batch Brothers. And today we're going to feature another faction focus. Part three, as we call it. We got, what, six of these? <laughs> we got a ways to go. Uh, oof. Yeah, and in typical cadence, uh, we're going to try to keep it to four per show and try not to squirt too far past the 60-minute mark. But if you're here to join us today, strap in, because we're going to take a far-out ride through the following factions. World Eaters, Adeptus Mechanicus, Craft World Eldari, and the Death Guard. Lots of exciting stuff today, Scott. I, you know, to be honest with you, I was excited when we came across these factions. Um, this is when we, in my opinion, started to get a new taste and appreciation for some of the meta rules and some of the, some may describe it, circus theatrics that may lie there within. Um, it's kind of the Age of Sigmar approach, to be honest with you. But uh, without much further ado, I think the, one of the better examples of this is probably the World Eaters, uh, the 12th Legion, one of the newer additions to 9th edition. Uh, so, I don't know about you, Stu. Did you get much POV on them in ninth edition? Um, in a tournament setting, no. I think uh, they got rained back a little bit before they really started getting top table. And I think that uh, with all new additions, other than all new armies, other than Leagues of O10, mm-hmm. they're not hitting the ground running. I think they were a little bit more complex with a fully combat army. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's not as uh, straightforward as like a gun line that just auto wounds on four plus a a melee line, right? Like, yeah, the days of old were all you had to do is point charge and roll to hit and wound. What was the world eaters? Um, Corn berserkers, more specifically. But yeah, you get the idea. Uh, But now you know we see them in tenth, and as I understand it, ninth they still had some of this. Uh, blessings from above or the, let the blood sort of boil up and give them gifts from corn approach. But as it were, World Eater's Army Rule for 10th edition, Blessing of Corn. Again, we're going to present this to you with our radio voice. And if we stumble, then it becomes TLDR very quickly. All right, here we go. Blessings of Corn. If your army faction is World Eaters, at the start of the battle round, you can make a Blessings of Corn roll. To do so, roll 8d6. You could then use those dice to activate up to two blessings from the Blessing of blessings of corn list. Each blessing of corn specifies the die result it requires. When a number is specified, a double or triple that value higher is required. You can only activate each blessing of corn once per battle round. Any unused dice from the blessing of corn uh, roll are then discarded. Once activated, each blessing of corn applies to all units from your army with this ability until the end of the battle round. Okay, so that's way more reading than any world eater would want to digest. It's enough to make them rage. So, Stu, what do they get with these blessings after they make their 8d6 roll? What the first one is called Rage Fuel Invigoration. Any double. Uh, add two to the movement characteristic of the models in this unit. So that's two inches for the whole thing. Yeah, which for is pretty the entire huge. army. Wow. Um, especially they're lining up and they're going ter- first. Okay. Yeah, that could be a good turn. Absolutely. Uh, ra- uh, wrathful Devotion. Any doubles. Models in this unit have the Feel No Pain 6 Plus. If models in this unit. You know, already have a fill no pain. Add one to their fill no pain rules. I, I'm assuming again. This is my spot of ignorance. I think the the possessed size models for the world eaters. I forget the what eighth, they're called. I um, think what they're called. The eight, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, those models look awesome. By the way, just a big shout out there for somebody who was kind of a cynic myself when I first started seeing those released. I retract all that because it's a cool line. But I digress. Uh, I think they may already have fill no pain, so this is pretty cool. Like, I like some units. They're going to be harder to kill. Yeah, any infantry with 
a six up and then a five up on top of that. Yeah. Potentially, right? Maybe or if maybe they have a five up going to a four. That would be crazy, especially when you're think. I mean, I'm assuming they have those power armor stats of a three plus save. Maybe not because they've some of it to have those like. I would say those, that they that they that they do Schwarzenegger sized muscles for an Astartes. Okay, going on martial excellence. We need three doubles. Melee weapons equipped by models in this unit have the sustain hits one. So very chaosy. Yeah, yeah. That's the I know for the. Chaos Space Marines, undivided, if we'll just call them for the sake of comparison. Um, they, their army ability allows them access to that, but it's for shooting and fighting. But you can see Corn definitely focused <laughs> on the melee aspect of this approach. And that's double three ups. So you need three, two dice with three ups minimum. Three up plus, yeah. You can yeah. do four up, five, six. Just the, to kind of add more context to that, absolutely. The next is total carnage, double four plus, um, or any triples. So each time a model in this unit is destroyed by a melee attack, that model has not fought in this phase, roll one D6. I don't like this. But uh, on a four up, (laughs) do not remove from play. The destroyed model can fight after attacking models have finished making its attacks and then is removed from play. So essentially like fight on death on a four up. Right. It's a Fabius Bile, uh, Creations of Bile, uh, errata rule for but Ninth you still edition. have to roll for it. Yeah, so uh, that's what happened to them. They kind of, It's the leftovers, I think, for that rule and how I think Games Workshop may have like pulled but, back the chain on it. But two CP for Marines and you're just auto-doing it. Right. No, but I mean, this is great because it's like everybody on the table. Like, eh, and, yeah, I do like that. I, I think I it's like it this back. way too. I mean, there is a, in the, if, you, if you're looking at some of the rules as they've been leaked, uh, close combat, barring charges and strike first, that's that's who's eligible, but ultimately it's your opponent on your turn who's selecting who goes first. So there may be that mission-critical unit that you're like, yeah, go ahead and throw your weight on it. I might be able to get some back at you too. Yeah, that is good. I, I retract what I said. <laughs> no, this is, well, that's the whole point of this exploration. <laughs> you know, the, These are, after all, the uh, in my opinion, a pair comparison to Kane, but we won't go there. Corn, forgive me. The next is Warp Blades. Double five plus or any triples melee weapons equipped by the by models in this unit have the lethal hits ability, which we know is auto wounding on sixes to hit. Yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, I can only assume. But I, imagine anything with like anti infantry four up, and then you throw lethal hits on top of that. Oh, it's still six. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's still gotta be six on that. Yeah, for clarification, you get wrapped around wounds. critical hitting and critical wounding, right? And devastating wounds on right. top of all that. <clears throat> still, that's a nice charm. I mean. It, We'll get more in on the melee weapons, but you can certainly see why this is um, cost more, or I guess it's 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 harder to obtain. Yeah, blessing roll. Side note: While we're talking about that, I really want to get dialed into like lethal hits and like how devastating wounds goes off. But but like, do you want to? We can take a point. I mean, Corn just is going to get pissed anyway, no matter how much we deviate from yeah. his army. But I was thinking about the Drakari Haywire. Too uh, far, too far, too but, far deep. but okay, we'll just keep going. <laughs> We'll just keep going. Yeah, that's a spoiler right there. If there ever wasn't, no, it's completely fine. Okay. Um, Unbridled, Unbridled Bloodlust, the last one. Double sixes or triple four pluses. So Here it comes. Um, this unit is eligible to declare a charge in which it turned it advanced. That's pretty big. Yes. Everybody's getting Drakari rules now. Oh, ow. I mean, everybody's getting old, you know, blood, thirst, or sorry. Corn Berserker rules or old uh, Death Company rules. or It just depends on what edition you're really referencing, right? Right. <laughs> but no, I, I feel you. But uh, lots and lots of potential there. Let's just hope they're not all movement eight. <laughs> but then you have the plus two movement. Imagine you get a... I, yeah, because you, you can have two, two of these doubles. Go off. Yeah. It, like two double ones you don't care about, and then you land four... 
three four three ups fours, yeah. or two sixes, mm-hmm. and you're you're moving ten inches plus a <laughs> plus a charge. Well, in this case, the Marines would be you know eight. That's what that would bump them up to eight. Yeah, I was just, I was yeah with an advance in charge. It's just it's gross. I like it. All right, right. So that, that moves us past the army rules, and we're going to move on along to the unit spotlight. And I don't, I can't think of any other unit that comes to mind when you think world eaters, but corn berserkers. Corn berserkers. Yeah, they eat a big block of cheese or a big block of corn on the table, and, and when you play against these armies in past editions. But I'm I'm looking at them. I think they are very specialized, and they're going to fit sort of the approach without being cheesy or corny, as it were. Their stat line's pretty standard for a Marine. Movement 6, T4, 3-up save, 2 wounds, leadership 6+, plus, and OC2. So when we get down to the melee weapons, with your Berserker Chain Blade that you see 4 attacks, hitting on 3s, your Strength 5 kicking in, so the old previous Mark of Corn looks like it's baked in. Uh, minus 1 AP and 1 damage, so still reflective of the uh, Chaos Space Marine Astartes Chain Sword, but in this case, I guess it has a Strength 5 on it. We're... We're noticing a pretty decrease in AP on melee weapons. Uh, it's just the big heavy hitters that are an egg three, four. Like you rarely see a five. I'm curious. Um, again, sorry about the incubi reference no, here on fine. corn. Is <laughs> I'm curious if they'll retain. I bet you their claves go to two, which I won't like. But par for the course. You're hoping it's a it's a new addition. So. I mean, they're still firmly within the power sword range, but are we going to consider them mastercrafted? Because they that's where we get into the weird weeds. So, yeah, without going there, um, I wanted to zero in on something real fast as we are still it. centering around the Corn Berserkers. So, as we've been pointing out, a lot of the battle line units have really interesting rules that sort of set them aside away from the other battle line units. Uh, traditional core, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, the Corn Berserkers, in this case, have something called Blood Surge. And without reading too much and pissing off Corn, effectively, for what I'm getting from it is after they sustain damage from a shooting attack, they then roll a D6 and they get a move that many That's what forward. they had in nine. Oh, is that what they had yeah. Nice. See, they get my blind spot. But it, to me, reminiscent of the Black Templar 4th, 5th edition codex and one of their vows they had. Like, that was that was so money. And it's, it's kind of cool to see that reiterated again. And I feel very appropriately for the Corn Berserkers. That's one of the better units to do it with. I think the whole army had that. Did they really? Yeah. So I told you, I, ninth, like, to be honest with you, and this is going to sound... Again, I don't know 100%. I just knew uh, just uh, what Blood Tithing did. The whole army pretty much surged towards you. I'll tell you what we you do know. Damage, yeah. We know they're going to have it in 10th. And Which is great. All that, they, so they can't do this when they're battle-shocked, but one thing, whether or not it's in the ninth or not, but in 10th, for sure they can get with an engagement range during this movement. So you get these, like, out-of-sequence charges. Like that's that's awesome. I, I'm on, I'm in it. Does it say you can move within engagement range? Yes, it says those models can be moved within engagement range of the enemy <laughs> unit. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's great. great. It really makes you think about: uh, Am I going to commit enough shooting this turn to kill them all, or right enough to bring them close to me? Yeah, so I can charge them. That's also a good point. You're looking at it from how to manipulate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is how we used to use last submission. Now we can just you know. Shoot, I think that's how I used to beat Black Templar with my Chaos back then. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, they uh, also get access to an icon. In this case, Icon of Corn allows them that each time you make, it allows the player, each time you make a Blessing of Corn roll, if the Bearer's unit is within range of an objective marker, which I believe is three inches, um, they can re-roll one of the dice. Pretty darn cool. What does the Blessing of Corn do again? That's the Blessings from above. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all your dice. It's like the Cornite Fate dice in a way, you know? Oh, another sneak preview. 
<laughs> uh, following along, uh, you know, I guess I'm not sure why we didn't start with this, really lean in with this, but you know, our, our next unit spotlight for the World Eaters is Angron himself. In ninth, and I again, uh, on six Blood Tithe tokens, you could just bring him back to, to life. I see that. That's insane. So he kind of has a Gwillaman like armor baked in, like corn ain't done with him. We're <laughs> nope. not going to wait the 888 days and 88 hours and so on. Oh, that's neat. So uh, let's go over his profile. He's movement 14 with those wings. T11, so he's he's uh, he's up there with the tanks. Yes, he is. Uh, two up save, 16 wounds, leadership 5 plus, so he ain't, he's not breaking. Nope. And then OC6, so he's one more than most of the Primarchs. And uh, he's got a four-up invuln, which is it's, it's nice. I'm sure he had that before, but I'm always rooting for those demon Primarchs having a little more padding than... His core rules are Deadly Demise D6, so he actually explodes, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, do we... I guess we haven't seen the other ones, and I'm wondering if, if there's a version of that for the other demon uh, demon Prince Primarchs. And he deep strikes. It's also very... Wow, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Watch your back line. <laughs> he might just come in and... Uh, Take all the objectives. In addition to all of that, Wrathful Presence enables him to use one of three abilities at the start of your command phase. Um, selecting from Glorious Bloodletting, which is an aura, while friendly World Eaters units are within six inches of this model, each time a charge roll is made for that unit, add one to the roll. There's more insult injury when you can just have guys that are moving toward your opponent when they shoot <laughs> at them. If you have the additional movement, uh, like all these things can sort of play in your favor reaction or transition between one turn to the next. Um... Infectious Rage is his next aura. While a friendly World Eaters unit is below its starting strength within six inches of this model, add one of the attack characteristics of the melee weapons equipped by models in this unit. For purposes of the ability, if a unit has a starting strength of one, it is considered to be loading starting strength when it has half its wounds. Sure. Or so it always reads. Uh, that's pretty cool. I like that his guys get angrier as they lose models, and you can really have that, that punching power late game if you need to, at least I'm assuming. Very... It's like sisters vibe with melee and chaos gods. Yeah, corn, corn is just you're in it, boys. Keep going. No, what I think is funny is that you probably need this because how many points are you going to dump into this guy? <laughs> like, what's going to be left on the table? And you know, I'm guessing it works for him too. And you drop below eight wounds, you're just like, okay, like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Okay, uh, righteous slaughter is the last aura you can pick from. And while a friendly world eater unit within six inches of this model, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, you can reroll the hit roll. Not bad. Uh, six inch. Well, his base is pretty big. You're probably looking at, uh, what, 16, a 17 really inches. Awesome bubble. turn setup charge. Yeah. I mean, thinking. Of rerolling hits. Yeah. Thinking about the above when you can run in charge, you're getting plus two to your movement. Assume, assuming you can keep him within his movement of 14, you may run in charge as well if you really wanted to, because he can in that case. Um, movement 16, I guess. We're stacking all this up. We'll just make it one giant equation. Uh, what you're seeing is, is the little buffs throughout this army all added together make a very devastating turn, a very aggressively devastating turn. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, hold on to your sixes because you can bring them back to life. So That's how you do it. Your, was it trip, it says? Trip six? Trip six. So awesome synergies. Even though it's melee-centered, I just it's, it's going to be good. I think so. It's going to be saucy. It, respectable to what one would expect for corn. Corny. <laughs> Maybe maybe not off the chain yet. Although I, I just a just a shout out to that model. I really like the Ingram model, but I can't help but not see a giant junkyard dog every time I see him. Like 
I'm walking by a house. I don't. I'm not supposed to be there, and this thing just comes out. Like, anyway, like junkyard dog with matrix hair. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I wonder if no. Let's not. Well, yeah, we don't need to go into the professional wrestling territory. Oh, junkyard dog! And now we're onto the world leader's weapon spotlight. The Demon Gore Cannon. This is featured on their, for lack of a better term, their version of a Chaos Knight. Uh, what was that thing called? For the life of me, I can't remember it. The Skull. I can't remember either. <clears throat> shows what you do when you don't own the dang unit. Uh, those of you that prefer treads or the Forge World optimization of having legs can do so. But the Demon Forge Cannon on it is range 18, blast. Attack D6, hitting on 3, strength 14, minus 4, the D6 plus 2 damage. It's good. It's good. I don't you have to see the rest of the profile, but uh, I'm sure it's going to deal enough damage. I think so, too. Uh, you know, you see that there's nothing seems underwhelmingly powerful when it comes on a unit that size. Right. It's all pretty much on par of annihilating something if you're dumb enough to leave it out there or at least do something comparably damaged to something that's its size, you know. You could roll a one on that shot. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Maybe you should aim it at a unit that's larger. <laughs> I mean, the way I look at it is that this is one of those guns that I would fire at a Primaris unit, or a Marine unit in this case, something. Two wounds, ten guys. But it's D6 plus two damage. You could potentially just nuke a vehicle I as well. It. Yeah, it's true too. But if you know, if there's not a vehicle to be fired, I could still find some use out of it for right. that medium-sized infantry. I'm sure that that thing can shoot into combat, do whatever it wants. Yeah, uh, big guns never tire a thing. I would imagine it can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, previous edition, uh, you could always shoot and... Or just fall back and advance. Whatever you needed to do, nothing tied you up. So I'm curious if that'll stay over. It just may. And this brings us to um, Blood Offering, which is a stratagem spotlight that we have get a little glimpse of for the Berserker Warband, whatever that uh, detachment may be and may look like. But as it is right now, this is a one command point stratagem that you activate during any phase. You target one World Eater unit from your army that was just destroyed while it was in range of an objective marker you controlled. You can use the stratagem on that unit even though it was just destroyed. The effect, the objective marker remains under your control even if you have no models within range of it until your opponent controls it at the start or end of any turn. Uh, yeah, Corn doesn't care for once the blood flows, just that it's you know, flowing. And in this case, it's been anointed and that's his objective marker. I like that. I do like it. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, in past reflections, gazing out upon the fires of war, how do you feel holistically about the world eaters so far? Man, put <laughs> you on the spot. I, you know, it's they're good. I, I always, I always like a good mix. So it's hard to say. Like, would I run a whole combat marine army with some demon engines and a Primark? Flying around? Heck yeah. Yeah, I think I would as well. Um, now that we know from our previous episode, part two, uh, the Chaos Demons, you can take some Corn Demons ally with it. Not that that offers you much for shooting, but maybe some more chaff, maybe some faster units. 500 points of some uh, Right, in a 2000 game. Yeah, or even a, maybe this, because again, not to dip my toes in Age of Sigmar, but one thing in the Blades of Corn book did is it made the Skull Cannon worth a damn. Like, the Cornite Skull Cannon is... Whew, so, yeah, if, if it's worth taking a few of those for some artillery pieces, then why not? Yeah, this one's really hard to speculate on you know, what all the synergies it has other than just it's moving fast towards you. Yeah, fast and hard. I, it's like all the other editions, for sure. Right. Well, here we go. The beep boops of the century. 
<laughs> they did get our Christmas card. <laughs> they did. Is it a zero or a one? One or a zero? <laughs> <laughs> but we're moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to Adeptus Mechanicus. And um, I wanted to talk about the Tyranids kind of army special rule where they could just adapt a physiology where they could change their game plan. Oh, right. The attachment rule. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that it's not just specifically unique to Tyranids. Like this, here's another army that has some really good fluff. So let's talk about it. Their doctrina imperatives. They had, you can choose from two. The first one is the, this is the army wide special rule. Yeah. Yeah. And when you pick them, you start as battle round, correct? Yes. Battle round and not, not the, not the army. Right. Not, no, no, yeah, yeah. So it, not the idea the, is not the whole game. You're going to be able to toggle between these each turn as needed. Correct. The first one is protector imperative range. So it has two, um, two abilities. Range weapons equipped by models in this unit have the heavy ability. And as we know, Scott, if it's heavy and you're stationary, you're getting that plus one to shoot. I think they would need it. Uh, more often than not, they're BS4. So that'd be good to have some BS3. So you got a bunch of rangers sitting back, hitting on threes if they need it. Next, each time a range attack targets this unit, and this unit, uh, if this unit is within the deployment zone, worsen the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. So essentially, they're sitting in their in their little fort in the back, getting uh, some, some negatives to AP. We get the mags AP and then some cover. Like it, That's really interesting to see AP2 just kind of in the face of... Or AP1. Yeah, well, yeah. In that case, I don't know if they would imagine be you're the sitting cover. cover on top of that. Oh, you would, yeah. Because I, I this is just a negative one to the attack characteristics, and then you have cover. Right now, so those would stack. Put an asterisk on that, though. From leaks, I think we understand the way cover works. Is that if you have a three plus save and it's AP zero, you're not getting much better. So you wouldn't be able to below certain points. AP zero might. But be most of their there. army is a four. Yeah, up, most of it so. would be a four. Yep. So let's say you get that just dominant. Yeah, you're sitting <laughs> equal in the, footing. I think is what we call it now. You're sitting in cover going up to the three up, and then it's negative one, so it's pretty much you've got three ups. Yeah, that's all, I like that. Yeah, awesome. Uh, presumably cheaper units than you, what your Marines will be, but they, they've got the uh, synergy to get defensive when needed. Yes. Then we have the Conqueror Imperative. Ranged weapons equipped by the models in this unit have the assault ability, which is awesome because you're just advancing and shooting the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> So you, you, you spend a turn holding back saying, come at me, bro, benefiting from the buffs you just talked about above. And then the next turn, you can rush when needed and still fire on the run. Then the second point is each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack, if the target of that attack is within your opponent's deployment zone, improve the, um, the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. So if you're, your opponent's sitting back, yeah, like guard, you're getting an extra pip of AP. It's very good. Like so again, it. this is chosen at the top of the battle round. So they kind of had it something in ninth where they were choosing their stuff, but you can only choose it once once per game. But this one has pretty good effects, not game-breaking, that you're choosing every battle round, which I like. Yeah, reminiscent to the old Necron protocols, but it's fine. <laughs> it was. It yeah, is, a little bit. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah, and th- I mean, that makes sense uh, in a way, but... Uh, you know, no no shade casts upon those that come from the red planet of Mars, lest they make war on us later. Right? They don't make the best slaves, um, to be honest with you. 
They've, just, they've got spinal cords and brains. Yeah, but a lot of them are sort of immune not, to the pain. Not for the, the Colosseums, but for other purposes, I would say sure. I, yeah, I would question the integrity of a homunculus that takes fascination and such low tech from the monkey. But I, every now and again, you got to go play in the dirt to get back to your roots, right? Yeah, well, we're trying to f- figure out that strength 14 <laughs> shot. That's true. <laughs> In the pursuit of our strength 14 shot, we just start nabbing guys, some priests from Mars. Hey, bro, do you got any insight on the Golden Throne? We want to invert it to something a little more black. They got this tank that uh, shoots twice and is strength 14. <laughs> Let us oh, in on boy. that. Um, yeah, and while you're at it, tell us about the Rad Cohort Detachment, because good grief, when I looked at this, I almost became a like a fan of this army. Not that I'm not a fan, but I, as far as the Imperium armies go, they're definitely more of my blind spot as compared to Guard or you know, space Marines, but I definitely started looking at them a little more closely. Like, it's so funny because last edition, they, they came out strong and they had their ornithopters dropping bombs uh-huh. nonstop. So it's like, we're going to give a little nod without you having to expend any points on models. Right. <laughs> let's bombard. Let me, let's just read it. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Okay. So this is the detachment rule for the rad cohort. Round one, bombardment at the start of the first battle round, each enemy unit within your opponent's deployment zone. So if you're going first, that's all of them, minus reserves. Yeah, reserve scouts, things like that, yeah. Your opponent must decide whether that that whether that unit will take cover or stand firm. If that unit take co- takes cover until the end of the battle round, that unit is battle-shocked. <laughs> if a unit stands firm... Roll 1d6 for that unit on a 3-up, suffer d3 mortal wounds. Yeah, that's I like that. So, essentially, like, if you do... Going first would be huge on this. You could potentially get out of your deployment zone and avoid most of that, but you're still going to get hit. Right, and yet you're putting the onus on your opponent to see if they want to score those easy objectives. Right. Or... They don't want to take, you know, D3 mortal wounds. Because, you know, I'm thinking about this if I'm spamming, like, 10-man guard units or fire warrior or something that I don't really want to, like, eat my numbers down because it's once I get below half strength is when battle shock starts becoming an existential threat. Or do I take the battle shock now and just deal with it later? Like, I'm thinking turn one for certain armies, uh, you know, the kind of armies I can grab an objective and move on. That's that's a big thing to use. Yeah, there's it's definitely uh, circumstantial and... Like you take Adeptus Custodes, they're not gonna get. They're not gonna give two poops about it. I know, maybe not. They got some. They got some backing for that, but all the same, you know, I they don't care about my poopy. Opponents. Yeah. Uh, all but right. Yeah, but in addition to that, it's something continues onwards after battle round two. Yes, on battle round two onwards, Fallout at the start of the second, third, fourth, and fifth battle rounds, roll one d six for each enemy unit in your opponent's deployment zone on three up. They suffer more, one mortal wound. So it just it keeps coming. <laughs> just. <laughs> Yeah, they will. They definitely. Uh, you don't need flyers anymore to cause those mortal wounds. Drop, they drop that rad it's base. It's built in. And drop the rad base on the rave. So, Boom. I always took a full thing of uh, a Court of Archon. It has like 27 wounds and has five up against mortal wounds. I just imagine that we'll probably lose a lot of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Will they be a good backfield objective holder? You had your bets. (laughs) But what's funny, I guess, if if they don't come at me and they don't infiltrate, um, I could potentially have that uh, objective sealed. But we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you're getting really into the weeds. Listen Um, here. (laughs) Let's carry on now. We do get two stratagems to look at for this particular This is is the Dark City. 
And I'm gonna no, t- I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Trust right. me. I, I'm resisting you know, the urge at every turn to talk down on lesser races and okay in general. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Uh, so we have the aggressor imperative. Uh, this is uh, when you use it as in your during your charge phase, you target one of your Skatari units from your army that advanced this turn. Till the end of the turn, your unit is eligible to declare a charge even though it advanced. Uh, the restriction is you can only use this stratagem um, if the Conqueror Imperative is active for your armor, armor. Pretty cool. Yeah. So the offensive, the one that already is allowing you to take advantage of moving and shooting with assault, moving, advancing, shooting and, uh, with assault. I'm curious if uh, what all has the Skatari. I think it's everything that has feet. Probably, yeah. You want to grab the next one? Yeah, Bulwark Imperative, another stratagem, uh, one CP. So the previous one was one as well. Um, when your opponent in your your opponent's shooting phase, just after your enemy has selected its target, target one Skatari unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of the enemy's attacks. The effect until the end of the turn, your models have a four up invuln. Woo, that's pretty handy. Pretty nice restrictions. Uh, you can only use a stratagem if the protector imperative is going on. I'm hoping Skatari is a key word felt by vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, their Dune Crawlers typically oh, had a four up in Okay, that makes bindle. sense. I, I should just assume the, the force field technology of Mars is, is a lot better than most of the other Imperium. Right. Pretty cool stratagems. And let's move on to the actual Skatari. Skatari Vanguard as part of our unit spotlight. Uh, we'll go down the stat line, and then we'll kind of pick you the juicy bits here. Uh, their movement, 6, toughness, 3, the 5-plus save, 1 wound, leadership, 7, and objective control numbered at 2. They also have a 6-up invuln. Nice. Uh, pretty standard. I feel like that hasn't changed much. Uh, what I like about their little, the way they interact with objectives, like other battle line units do, they have the uh, radi- rad saturation, which is an aura um it's within three inches of this unit, subtract one from the objective control characteristics of models in that unit. That's awesome. It, it's excluding vehicles, but for the most part, all other things are going to be reduced either less to where they wouldn't be able to, you know, claim that objective as easily as, say, this Qatari Vanguard, you know, or they're not claiming all. Does it say minimum of one? Just I don't one. see a minimum, so they could drop those some of those suckers down to zero. That's awesome. That's, that's very nice. Previously, it just... Uh, did a negative one to the toughness of the unit, but this is, I think this is better. They have a couple of war gear abilities. The enhanced data tether. Each time you select the bearer's unit as a target of a stratagem, roll 1d6 and on a 5 plus, you gain 1 CP. That's awesome. Start CP farming with a lot of these guys. And then you have Omnispecs, ranged weapons equipped by this bearer's unit has ignore cover. <laughs> is the is that worth it? Let's take a look at their weapon profile. Arc rifles. One shot. BS4. Oh, that's a uh, strength eight nig one. D3. That's not plus, the... Devastating wounds, rapid fire one. That one's pretty nice. I'm thinking of the radium carbine. That's their more typical... That's the, the whole unit's weapon... Anti-infantry four up. That's pretty cool. Old poison. It's a range 18. It's three shots like it was previously hitting on fours. Strength three, zero AP, and one damage. But we don't know all of what they get. We already know that if they're shooting people in their... In in their... uh, Goodness gracious, I can't think of words today. Their deployment zone, they're getting that pip of AP. 
All the rest of their weapons seem pretty darn cool in a standard infantry squad. I think so, too. Yeah, I, the, that three attacks on that carbine is insane. It reminds me of the shark carbine uh, for the Scourges. Gosh, yeah. I, I really hope they kept that and you know their anti-infantry, whatever that might be. Um. Three shots on a three-up. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool. If for it sure. is. Yeah, that would be nice. Transuranic Aquabus, which was the big sniper. It's heavy and precision, so you can pick out characters. One shot, ballistic skill four. Uh, strength seven, nick two, d3 damage. Not bad. Arc rifle, which was like kind of like their haywire. It's uh, anti-vehicle four up. Pretty cool. Devastating wounds, so that applies to the four up. Rapid fire one, so within 15 inches, it's range 30. Within 15 inches, you get two shots. Blizzard skill four, strength eight, nick one, d3 damage, which you're converting that into potential mortal wounds. Yeah. Not, not bad. Very very easy to do, it seems like. And I bet you could have two per ten. Hopefully that's what they had. That's kind of... That's a solid battle line unit, frankly, the more we're dissecting it. The buffs that's available to them from their army abilities, uh, sort of what they can do as a detachment, and putting the onus on your opponent to make bad decisions or good decisions, and you can just sit back and kind of have an answer for either infantry or vehicle for that matter. I mean, what would one be missing? Monster? <laughs> right. Yeah. One key word that I've noticed is missing on a lot of things is monster. We yeah, that we've seen it. I think already. I haven't seen anti monster. Oh yeah, we haven't seen a lot of anti on that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. So, um, last thing is the Sicurian Rust Doctors. Rust stalkers. <laughs> I bet they, but there there has to be Rust Doctors too. Yes. Who's, who's putting all the surgical? Who's oiling up there? those knees? I'm a Rust surgeon. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> awesome unit. Uh, I always like the models. Um, they But they have an ability called Optimize Gate. Add one to the advance and charge rolls made for this unit. While this unit is within six inches of one or more friendly Adeptus Mechanicus battle line units, add two to the advance and charge rolls. So my guess is they can advance and charge. And that's an extra four inches if they're just like taken off from some Skatari Vanguard. Yeah. Hey, well, it's kind of fun about that is that you can have a nice reaction melee unit if someone's closing in on a shooting line, you know. Like, they need they needed whew. it. But um, Adeptus Mechanicus is always like a high... In my opinion, it's just have a lot of synergies... A lot of command phase based things. If you don't make the right choice, I feel like the turn doesn't always go in your favor. Order of operations, heavy army takes a skilled player to really execute well. I think so, and that's that's my take on it. I, th- they're they've always been a good army and uh, friendly. Forty KC players always. Sean Dilly's always done a good job with them. He's a buddy of mine, but he's. He plays them really well. And then when it's executed well, it's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I've always felt like, uh, of course, this is me from a thousand yard reach away in the Dark City. But gazing outward into the real space, they've always felt like the Imperium's version of a Xenos army. Absolutely. Yeah, that toughness, the armor save, sort of their... They're heretic up and down. <laughs> yeah, when you start looking, peel under the skin of what's underneath Mars as far as the Void Dragon, I incline to agree. You just need one of those people to fall... Victim to chaos, and then speaking boom. speaking of heretics, I mean not heretics. Elisaurus um, <laughs> Cowell, the Fabricator General, I, I believe that's what they still call it. Um, yes, this is effectively the Adeptus Mechanicus is, for lack of a better term, their centerpiece 
epic model. He is a monster. See, there's that keyword right there. He's also a character, and through the line, epic hero. But more importantly, do you want to go through his stat line? Yes. So he's movement 6, T8, 2 up save, 10 wounds, 6 up leader, and an OC3. Uh, like with a 4 up invuln. So he's uh, 2 up, 4 up. Pretty pretty stout dude. Not only is he stout, he also has a self-repair uh, ability where at the start of your command phase, he gains up to D3 lost wounds. And if that wasn't enough for the bodyguard element of or the <laughs> survivability element, he gets a mechanic as bodyguards. While this model's within three inches of one or more friendly Adeptus Mechanicus unit, this model has the lone operative ability. I like that. I like that we're seeing the the bigger base monster abilities have auras, and we'll get to his in a moment. Um, they're getting lone operative. But it, it does come with a little bit of cost, but you just have to be through three inches, which is, I mean, we've done... We've played that game and kept our leaders right. near units forever. So yeah, you're using your terrain, you're using your units to screen. He, you know, it's it's very doable. Uh, then he also has Canticles of the Amasaya, and this is one of those at the start of the battle round. He can select from one of the abilities listed to the left. If you can see my screen, you'll see left as well. Um, but let's go through those real quick. So you can pick from three different abilities. Invocation of the Machine's Vengeance is an aura, and while a friendly Adeptus Mechanicus unit is within six inches of this model. Each time a model that unit makes attack, reroll, hit roll of one. Nice. Captain ability built in. I like that. Now, of course, you can. I believe you only select from one, but if you really need it, you can give that extra push to ensure you're getting those extra hits or rerolls to hit. Imagine one turn one or turn two, all your armies still hasn't spread out enough, and right. everybody's getting that benefit. So um, the next one is Mantra of Dis- Discipline. Well, got a a good discipline. Discipline while a friendly... <laughs> Adeptus Mechanicus unit within six inches of this model. Each time you take a battle shock or leadership test of that unit, you can re-roll that test. Pretty good. Um, next is the Shroud Psalm. While friendly Adeptus Mechanicus units within six of this model, that unit has this stealth ability, which is awesome. Neg one. Wow. So that Including turn one yep. that turn one with protector. That's a pretty defensive turn. Yeah. I, okay, so he's got his bodyguards. You're going to have to target them first if you want to target him, and you're going to be at a minus one. I'm just talking about the the army in general. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, we're just looking at you combine those two. Naturally, you're like, okay. So even his weaker bodyguards are going to stand up, be harder to hit, less AP against them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You want him right in the center, giving out that neg one to everybody. I'm glad they didn't do a, an imperative like they had currently from Lucius is just like a neg one across the board for everybody just because this kind of pushes the buffs on characters which is kind of what we're seeing in 10th yeah I, I'm okay with this approach you saw them getting away from having character spam in 8th where it's just bubbles everywhere to ninth being very precise with what bubbles benefit what um, we're going back to looks like bubbles will benefit just about every unit that has that keyword but you're going to be very selective in who's dropping where so I imagine you won't see as many inherent buffs to all the characters. I like but it. I like it as well. I mean, it, it, it at least it helps newer players zero in on who the army's leader is, for lack of a better term. Uh, and then for us old guys playing it, uh, we could definitely justify putting that centerpiece down. Right. Gives you motivation. I and think so. Then let's go to the last. Is it the last one? Yeah, this is the last entry for the Adeptus Mechanicus, and it's certainly not the least, is our weapon spotlight. Eradication Beamer. Yeah, that reminds me of old BMW. It even has the symbol there. No, I'm sorry. That's the admix <laughs> symbol. Eradication Beamer has two different modes. 
dissipated or focused. Dissipated has blast, sustain hits D3, which is pretty pretty nuts. Uh, so the profile is range 36, D6 attacks, ballistic skill 4, strength 9, neg 2, 2 damage. Man, it's going to be doing a lot to... That blast and sustain hits has got some fun potential there for sure. Sustain hits D3. D3, yeah. <laughs> I, you can imagine the look on your opponent's face when you're like, all right, I'm going to use a dissipated, and you roll it, and it comes up a six. <laughs> like, okay, well, at least one of these is going to be, you know, another D3. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then the focused. It's only 18 inches. It's blast. Again, sustain hits D3. D6 shots again. Blizzard skill four, strength nine. Neg three, three damage. So essentially... One additional damage in AP, but half the range. Pretty cool. I'll take it. I like it. Um, right, that concludes it for the AdMac. We're nearing the horizon at the halfway mark, and I know it's your favorite coming up. Well, not my favorite, but... Are you sure? I'm looking at like everything I see in this room. Everything else that uh, is hiding in camera... I, I choose to view only this side of the room, and what I see is the Craft World Macaroni and Cheese Eldari. <laughs> um, Craft Macaroni and Cheese. I, you know, I, you know. Well, before we dive into this, I know you and I, Stu, discussed at some length some of the player reception to the the fo- faction focus for the Eldari, and without you know. Is poo-pooing people too much. It seemed poor, the reception was, but I, we just talked around all the possibilities, and I, I think that they're an army that's really set up for success if there ever was one. But Anytime you take away rules, everyone gets a little upset, or, I mean... Oh, leagues of Odin. <laughs> yeah. It just changes your mindset. Like, you feel like you're... you're the parenthood of this company, it just doesn't care about that. Yeah, that's like your your parents dropped you off at the bus station and they're not coming back. And they so forgot you. You, you. got to find new parents. <laughs> they, they at least gave you an address. They're like, you'll find them here. And you're like, I don't have cab fare. And they're like, well, you, you know how to walk. I don't feel that way, though. I feel so... I feel like they gave you an Uber, at least? Yes. They gave me a <laughs> hundred to, to, to get home and maybe stop that's enough by for wings. the store. You can get wings with a hundred. Right? Um... So we're talking about Craft World. I'm going to just do a synopsis just real quick. Essentially, all we lost was Battle Focus, and we got a change on how many Fate Dice we can have. Instead of getting it every turn, we roll one big load of dice at the beginning. And, and you can, in my opinion, this is tactically better to have the, the dice throughout the whole game because you can plan ahead. You can have, it, it speaks to a Alpha Strike more than uh, I'm going to make a couple saves on a six-ups. So what well, lends that potential, absolutely. So let's get into the nitty-gritty and discuss what Strands of Fate dice is now. You want me to do radio voice, or you got this one? You can do radio voice, All and right. then I'll give, I'll give my opinion afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you're the Eldari player, so I want to I I save you some hot air, because I imagine we're, you're going to have a platform take off like All a right, balloon. I'm going to take my deep breaths over here. <sighs> All right, Strands of Fate. If your army faction is Eldari, at the start of the battle, make a Strands of Fate roll by rolling 12d6. If you wish, you can then re-roll all of these dice, but if you do, one roll one less d6. You can continue re-rolling all the dice in this manner, rolling one less d6 each time you do until you are satisfied with the results rolled, or until you only have a single d6 remaining. That would be an interesting take. I, anyway, we'll get more on that later. 
Uh, when you are satisfied with the results roll, then the remaining dice become your fate dice for the rest of the battle. These results cannot be changed or rerolled further unless a rule specifies states. Otherwise, your fate dice uh, set your fate dice to one side, and this is your fate pool. All right, without getting too wordy on this, those of you that know about miracle dice, check out episode two on Faction Focus. Um, you effectively can use these dice. I'm assuming it's the same way before you make the roll. You can say, I want to use a six for my charge roll. Correct. Or I want to use a, I don't know, you know. But the only thing is different with this one is it's it's a spread through one through six. So the other thing is you can use as many as you, can, as you want in a turn or a phase. There's no restrictions. Yep. And what you can use them for is advanced rolls, battle shock tests, charge rolls, damage rolls, hit rolls, save rolls, and wound rolls. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, and there's a lot of stipulations to this, so we're going to keep moving on. But that's um, prior to that, you had three a turn, so you have 15, so now we're getting 12. But, uh, I mean, asterisks, there's <laughs> a lot of things that were going to happen yeah. past this, right. so let's move on. Um, but that's essentially what the fate dice are. So that hasn't, that's the only reason, the only thing that's changed is you get a lot more in the beginning and you can plan ahead. You weren't using that many. In turn one. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like it's reflective of sort of the inner discipline that a craft world Eldar would have to have. You have all of the fate in front of you. Can you use it wisely, knowing right? your future? Yeah. And there's things to help adjust that future. Yes, there yeah. are. You can't drop down a falcon and do the potential like automatic six on Banshee's first turn charge on a, an opponent that doesn't know any better. Those things have changed, but I think it's better. So the next thing is the battle host. Yeah, the Eldari battle host. This speaks attachment. to old third ed, like master crafted stuff. You think so? so? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it. I I enjoy it. I people think that it's not fluffy enough, or it's not it's not Eldari, but I think it is. Each time, this is called unparalleled foresight. Just to throw more sights into the future. Right. It's unparalleled their foresight. Right? Each time an Eldari unit from your army is selected to shoot. Or fight, you can re-roll the hit, one hit roll, and you can roll re-roll one wound roll. That's and that's army wide. That's pretty nice. Like I'm, I'm just thinking here, like uh, it's hit and wound. Yeah, and it and it's also shoot or fight. So you know, I'm I'm assuming you can. It doesn't say and, but I'm assuming that wording is either phase. You know. Yeah, so you can re-roll one hit roll and one, sh- and then one wound roll and shooting, and then that unit's done. Okay. Essentially, I think. Oh, so it is phase specific then. Then you can't do it again for the fight well, phase. Because it says shoot or fight. Yeah. Okay. But it does include. Important clarification. You, that's what I think. Again, it, but it says you can you reroll one hit and one wound roll. So it's like you choose: is it going to be shooting or fighting? Yeah. That, is it going to be your you know your fusion gun and you really need it to like you manage to you know, I don't you're like I really need that five to wound on a vehicle and I'm I'm secure to knowing I'm going to drop this six fate die for its damage. Right. Yeah. It just gives you more to play around with. That's really cool. Oh, <laughs> then there's standard. Yeah, here it comes. I remember this one. Standard stratagem, fire and fade. Two CP at the end of, essentially, when you're done shooting. Actually, hold on. Yeah, end of this your is, shooting phase. Your unit can make one, make a normal move. It cannot embark. So it's essentially you can make a normal move after your shooting phase. Yeah, that's it's interesting. It's the end of the phase. It's not when that unit's done firing. Yeah, that's that, that's what the wording is now. Is it okay? Yeah, showing my eighth ed badge. But again, two <laughs> CP after you shoot, you can make a full movement. So uh, lots of play there. Yes, there is. Uh, 
moving on, let's go to the Farseers. So the other thing that we lo- that the faction lost specifically is individualizing what Psyker does what. You can't spam Farseers and have them all do what you need to do, but I feel like this is better. Yeah, uh, you know, to be honest with you, like it is an Age of Sigmar. We may have mentioned this on a previous show, but it is worth mentioning again. I, we suspect that you'll see missing spell components probably on different unit profiles. Like, I don't know if there's oh, a Farseer on a jet bike there's or no a Warlock way, on a jet bike. There's no Eldrad. way. <laughs> you know, there's maybe no they reserve way. the best for those. I don't know. GW is not going to put out Eldar without Guide and Doom anymore. I, yeah, you said it. I mean, because that's really what most of the people are complaining about. It's like, where's my Guide? Where's my Doom? And we're like, well, look, you've got you got Fortune. That's pretty good. And so we're branching Fates. It's, I think it's a better Fortune. Uh your standard walking farseer now has uh, a different loadout. What they have is they have they're a leader, so that means they're joining a unit. Doesn't specifically say we don't have the back of the car, but it has strands of fate. So what it's going to do is its first ability is branching fates once per turn when you see fate dice to substitute a roll made for a model in a model or unit within 12 inches of the Farseer models in that in your army, one model from your army with this ability can use it. If it does, the result of that dice is first changed to a six. So essentially you're, you're changing your ones and two fate dice yeah. to sixes automatically. You're probably not going to be re-rolling as much if you have a lot of uh, Farseers. <laughs> so still good. It's a better so version of fate dice with a Farseer. Yeah, for sure. And that, that makes sense. I mean, they're, they are the Farseer. They are going to cast the runes, and they have a pretty good idea of where the path leads before them, you know. But if you have hope. a three, you don't need to worry about it. I'm going to automatically hit, boom, and then I'm going to change that one on that my fate dice pool to right. a six on a wound roll and I, or damage. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of any reason to have a low die roll right now. Like, no, was yeah. there a reason to keep ones and twos pocket? are kind of eh. Yeah, but maybe in the previous edition it made sense with, I, I believe, the leadership was still a roll under component. Yep. Uh, but in this case, yeah, I mean, you really do want to have big dice. You do. A three up, I would say. Rolling hot. Keep them coming. Then what Fortune does in your command phase, you can you can roll 1d6 on a two up, select one friendly Eldari unit within 12 of the Psyker, of this Psyker, until the start of the next command phase each time and attack targets that unit, subtract one from the wound roll. So it's negative one to wound. So previously, Fortune was a five up, fill in the pain. Uh, I kind of like the negative one to wound. A it's little a bit. split, I think, for defensive. But you know, and you're, you, you definitely have more playtime on the board than I do with Eldari, at least in the, the newer iterative editions. But I'm just looking at this as 10th edition perspective. Assuming you can still take guarding defenders in a 20 man block, and you can slap a minus one to wound them, and that's this guy's bodyguards. Like, whoa. Uh, I mean, like, most so all that would do is change a wounding roll from like a three to four. Not, I mean, it's not still terrible. Puts, you still know. puts it at a fifty percent. Where would you want to then put him with? You're thinking more like wraith guard or, or wraith. Yeah, we don't even. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we don't know their toughness. But I mean, what if they're? Or, t- we're t- hoping they're big. I mean, if they're like any other vehicles, you know, walkers. It puts a lot of like transhuman on most Eldar units, which are fragile. Yeah, it does. Exception for those. So we're hoping, Games Workshop, you've made promises that maybe we do see the, the Wraith hosts actually have a higher toughness, and it's worth like stacking a bodyguard unit around. I'll talk more combos later, one. but 
Throwing that, it doesn't say, it just says Eldari unit. Yeah, so you boom. can throw that on a fire prism. True enough. <laughs> True enough. So, like, you got strength 22. Well, you're still winning on a four. Sorry. Yeah. Enjoy. I mean, unless I got a plus one to win, in which case, great. You know, I'm glad you brought your buff. I'm glad I brought my debuff. Right. And then what has happened is Eldritch Storm, uh, what you, which used to be a CP generated ability, is now turned into a range 24 D6 attacks. Hitting with a ballistic skill three, strength six, make two D three damage. Ain't nothing to snuff about. Has blast, psychic. It's awesome. Yeah, and we're seeing that. And we mentioned before the psychic attacks are just that they're being grouped into a melee or range profile. Sort of, it it is at the end of the day a psychic attack. You know, and they went the way of the dodo with the psychic phase of having you know a, a list of spells. Although we may see that return in codex releases, but I like it. I. I there, I have nothing to complain about this unit. Um, I'm ashamed of you. There's lots still and lots look of potential. Down my big Drukari nose down at the Craftworld brothers. Well, we don't cousins. need psychic. Like, what the heck is this? It's just sterile. Go live on your fabricated world. Okay. Speaking of the fabricated world, for Pinvoln, we never talk about that. But <laughs> what's that? I'm sorry. For Pinvoln. <laughs> oh yeah, that's almost go without saying. I mean, he's movement seven, tough three, six up. Yeah. And a four up Well, gosh, I really hope they gave that guy some sort of protection. Yeah, wraithbone suit, like something. Um, you but, know, as it were, the the citizens of said craft world that we would gladly invade and take those soul stones from. Um, you know, your guardians have actually shown up in form. I I like what I'm seeing on them. I don't is, think it's all that different than what this was another uh, big complaint from the internet. I think I see a, a post daily about how terrible guardians are and. Why? Why is it they say this? I don't know. I'm like, do you realize that even in the fluff, the guardians are just like normal citizens? Yeah, it's like an imperial guardsman. They're but th- they're that much better. They throw on the suit, get some little hype stuff, but they they do perform what they need to do. So let's talk about them. Uh, movement seven T three four up save. So I, we could. I want to add on that real quick. I remember the day when they were a five up save, like it, five up save. It was bad, right? Now they're four. People are still complaining. It's interesting. All right, continue. I'm sorry. If you can't <laughs> complain, what are you doing? I, you know, it's part of the hobby. I get it. And some of us have gotten really good at that and haven't maybe put in that time that we should have been doing that and painting. I don't know. Me. <laughs> Four up save. One wound. Leadership six plus. So they got marine save um, and OC2. Uh, let's take a look at their shuriken catapults. Assault 18 inches. Two shots. I'm, I'm glad that they, I think that's what it's always been. You know, they got rid of um, what I think would have been lethal hits. That's probably yeah. what it would have had if it carried over from previous editions. I believe it was like six up to hit, gave it like an AP of minus three or something obnoxious, or eight, minus four or even old editions. But the, the shuriken guns have gone to what looks like uh, sustained hits or assault. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I'll try to empathize with my kin. I could see where they get it a little bit out of shape, but I, holistically, I think I'm okay with it, too. We don't know what points costs are. No idea. No idea. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be reflected in the points. Um, so let's talk about their special abilities. So the Defenders of Fate, at the end of the command phase, for each objective marker you control, it says each objective marker you control that has one or more units from your army, with his ability within range of it, roll 1d6 and add that to your fate dice pool, displaying the result you just rolled. So, 
Yeah. Am I correct in thinking that if I have two of these guys sitting on objectives, I'm rolling two fate dice a turn? At two different objectives, yes. Yeah. Yep. Right? So uh, that's more than we had before. And, and thematically, it makes sense that if the Eldar are going to have a, a candle's hell and chance of, you know, sustaining the fates they've scried, then they got to have a presence on the battlefield. Click those objectives. You're solidifying that fate you, you perceive. I like it. It makes sense. It, it We were talking about in the last episode about the sisters and how they get their miracle dice, and we're seeing... Uh, Another, I guess, battle line unit that has an ability very similar. They can take the heavy weapon platform. So having a bright lance, which is <laughs> thirty-six inches, one shot, ballistic skill three plus, strength twelve, neck three, d six plus two damage. That's that's nothing to snuff. No, not at all. And assuming you can still take these dudes in twenty man unit, could you take two weapon platforms in a twenty man? Yeah, you could. Two bright lances in there. And all that strength four neg one shots. That's better than a bolter. Last time I checked. Yeah, better. Well, yeah, better than the Chaos Space Marine bolter. But yeah, your, your traditional Primaris bolter is about on par with it. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> that's cool. I don't like Guardians. They, You know, that's fine. They don't have to like them. I don't like them much either. I think they're way too disciplined. They're very uptight. They wouldn't know a good time if it shot them. Their in the helmet's chest. way too small. Right. <laughs> It isn't until they like cut loose and they decide to act more like, you know, Mensa Kane than anything else. But anyway, I digress. I'm curious what their alternative close combat version is going to be, if it's any any better. Cause, oh, yeah. Because the... I used to give them a five up invuln with that shield battery. I wonder if it would be a four. Oh, interesting take. But even a five up on those infantry is, uh, ain't bad. Five up invuln with a neg one to wound just kind of makes them a little bit more sturdy. Can you still take those guardians with fusion guns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was nice. So you have Melta hidden in there, or yeah. Flamers. Yeah, that'd be fun. Again, I don't feel like I've come across anything unless it's like a huge greater demon that is just raffle stomping everything, right? It's tactics. You want yeah. the game to be interesting. I mean, on that note, we haven't seen the Avatar of Kane. Or if Howling Banshees are going to continue to function like an Incubi unit where they can just tear down what you need them to, if you I, need them to. like They'll need... I, I feel like... That'll I, be fun. I, I'm not worried in any Fire Dragons? What, I mean, what are their guns going to look like? Are they going to have an inherent ability that makes their melty even better? Like, yeah, plus one to wound against vehicle. Or what about anti-vehicle. Phoenix Lords? Yeah, what are they going to do? Guys, yeah. Are they going to be like a Drizar? Or are they going to give them... Because the previous edition, they just basically got OC, Objective uh-huh. Control. Okay. But are they going to be more like Drizar where they're giving bonuses to specific aspects of shrines? Yeah, and it will be fun because what we're learning is that you're really only able to take one epic hero or exalted hero, as it were. Um, at least I'm, as my interpretation. So you're not going to have a, a game where it's like, well, I have all these Phoenix Lords. It's like, no, no, I want to build around this Phoenix Lord. I think you could. I think they're elite. They were. No, no, I'm talking about now. In now, 10th edition. I know, but are they going to be in epic that heroes? Slot? 100%. There's no way you would make a, a Phoenix Lord an epic hero. So you're not. Doubling down on Baharath right. and everybody. See, I don't even think a lot of armies can. That's the speculation. Is like, can you have somebody like Marnius Calgar in an army with like uh, Shrike from the Raven Guard? It's like, no. I bet you there's something that says you can have multiple Phoenix Lords. I'm just guessing. I'm just. I'm. This is me raising my suspicious eyebrow and saying I would like to see that. No, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> we'll see though. Yeah, we'll we'll circle back on that later. But as we were carrying along, we're now on the weapon spotlight. And I know you're champing a bit hard to talk about this. Yes, so uh, let's talk about the fire prism. So we have two modes, uh, dispersed and focused. On dispersed, lots of shots, range 60, blast. 
We're already at D6, 2D6 shots. Ballistic skill 3, uh, strength 6, neg 1, 2 damage. Ooh, Marine killer. And it's blast. So you got 10 Marines. Guess what? I'm, I'm getting 2D6 plus 2 shots. Ain't bad. Then the focus, is, focus Lance is linked fired, and we'll go over that. Range 60, 2 shots. Ballistic skill 3, strength 18. 18. Neg, one, neg 4, Flat six. That's bigger than the Necron Doomsday are like, yeah. The Doomsday Cannon just is fifteen, I think. Jeez. And we haven't even talked about like all the interactions with Fate Dice. But what linked fire is is you have more than one fire prism sitting on the board. Uh, as long as they can draw sight to one of the other ones, they can essentially shoot and target from that one and make oh, it shot. Yeah, they're using their targeting matrix to bounce line of sight off each other. So now that really. I went out and bought another one to fill out my three. Um, I see that. Wow. <laughs> but lots of combinations. Uh, one, let's just, uh, I'm going to throw a neg one to wound on my fire prism. Then I'm going to do uh, first turn. The spotter the spotter's going to sit out there. and First turn, get my guy out there and shoot what I want to. It doesn't say I have to target the same unit. So I'm going to pepper this unit with the 2D6 shots. I'm going to hit this unit with I'm a gonna, six up. Like, with, with, yeah, and I'm going to hit... A tank with four shots at strength 18, neg four, flat six, and with some fate dice that are unlimited, um, I'm going to blow something up. Well, and then guess what? Two CP. The, li- the limit is to your tactical genius, but... <laughs> two CP, bounce them out of cover. Fire and fade. That is... You know, I'm going to spot check that because that's what we do here. Uh, you're absolutely right. One Eldar unit from your army. Nice. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> And it's its own move. So assuming it's it's not like the old edition where it was like move seven or something like. So it's got a negative one to wound. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be a negative one to hit. A little jinx going on in, in the stratagems. You I'm just saying that, that one guy that's out there doing his business, um, he might die, but he's got some survivability. And that's just that's just one turn. And most of the time, if somebody's putting their neck out to get the angle, then. Next turn, I have a better counter. Yeah, I see what happens when you put your neck out for anything. Right? It's cut off. Uh, I mean, it it was kind of like that, but you had to spend, last edition, you had to spend CP to do the linked fire. Now it's just, I can... Yeah, no, no, you're fine. I can see the... uh... (laughs) He's looking at one of the cogitators in here is going haywire. Like sparks are shooting. I think it's a, a severe weather alert. Oh, okay. Reality happens, ladies and gentlemen. Um... No, uh, what you know is, is we're playing along with this thought. The Eldar definitely have a lot of cool options uh, and plenty to spare. I mean, heck, we haven't even seen how awesome Rangers are. Like, ah, I, uh, I have no no doubt that they're going to be good. They've always been not the army that just says I've got all this shooting and all these rerolls and I'm going to just sit there and deliver it. You have to be You're smart about it. Yeah. Um. I encourage everybody to play Eldar. <laughs> Craft World. I don't. But that's okay. That's no, for different no. reasons. I think if you're playing already, great, have fun. If you're interested, please do it. But, you know, I'm part of everybody. Don't encourage me to play this army. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, it, all in all, they're like the shooting version, shooting slash psychic version of Drakari in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think we've also beaten this faction to Death Guard now. No, that was a poor segue. <laughs> Sloppy's Nurgle segue into the next army rule. Death Guard. Death Guard. I believe the 14th Legion, my memory serves. No? No. No? Okay. Is it? I don't know. 
It's got to be a multiple seven. So <laughs> I thought it was a seventh. So let's talk Death Guard. Let's do it. Contagion range. I feel like that is the same. Yeah, the Nurgle's gift aura. So this is new to me. And again, I didn't I didn't dip my toes into ninth edition as much with the factions. It mostly stayed in my lane and what I played against. But in this case, if your army's faction is Death Guard, while an enemy unit is within the contagion range of this unit, subtract one from the toughness characteristic of models in the enemy unit. Contagion range changes over the course of the battle, as shown below. And what we're seeing is what a three inch bubble on the first battle round. Yeah. Second battle round extends to a six inch bubble. And the third one, it's a nine inch bubble. And that's from... That is a big bubble. Nine inches from every unit um, is a negative one toughness. That's that's huge. Like they're So they're tough, and they're making you just sickly being around them. And It can potentially be a plus one to wound. Right. It, across I the think board. in a lot of ways it probably is when you're playing against a lot of the Marines, right? Right. Or the difference between, you know, a strength five, you know, wounding Eldar on three, or strength five wounding Eldar on two. It's like... It's... Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot to deal with. They did lose the negative one damage that we know of. Oh, was it, that a? It could be was a thing. That was a thing. Straight across the board was a negative one damage. Um, I think that'll move to unit profiles potentially. Likely so. Um, a little bit of feel no pain in there. Something to make pop and Urgle. Make sure you got the extra blubber for the for the beatings. Yeah, I blubber for the bolters. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Um, then let's go to the play company detachment rule. Spread the sickness. If you control an, an objective marker at the end of your command phase and a, a death card unit from your army is within range of that objective marker, that objective marker is said to be infected and remains under your control. That's nasty. Even if you have no models within range of it. So sticky objectives. Until the opponent controls it at the start of the next... Uh, start or end of any turn in addition while the objective marker is infected and under your control it has the nurgle's gift ability <laughs> as well if you if you were a unit from your army so enemy this is so enemy units within canadian range of it will have their toughness characters modified so that's a mobile death guard army like that's on the move like we're gonna camp that and if you're gonna come by and try to contest you're gonna be at a minus one toughness and we're going to shoot at you on our way to the next one. Like till the end to this, it says controls it at the start or end of any turn. So you could potentially, they'll lose it. The, they'll control it at the end of a turn. So they'll, they could, you could potentially get around it, but let's imagine you're fighting around it and it has a nine inch or well, off your, the objective. Your opponent has to go and contest it. I think it, the way it's reading is that death guard camp it, they can move on and it stays under their control with the, a gift of Nurgle on it until another opponent comes I know, by. but I mean, there could be some non-interactive things, like there's nobody around and I move on the objective and nothing happens. I'll get a negative one, but I mean, I could, if it's behind well, a wall. You, keeping in mind, objective range is three inches. Like, that can get real nasty. Like, in a the pursuit inch. of, like, yeah, to, in the pursuit of going to grab that objective mark, you're just you like, you could, oh, yeah. oh, and it gives you, the, the Death Guard player, enough time to sort of pearl it and be like, hey, <laughs> stay off that. 18-inch bubbles in the middle of the... the <sighs> At neg one. That's fun. Then, Scott, you want to go over the seat, the um, stratagem? Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> what, how do you say that one, right? Sangu- Sanguius. 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 Yeah, you're the doctor in the group, right? Sanguius. 
Sorry, I always defer to the rack uh, homunculi. You know, it's missing aspirant. some letters for sanguineous. Sangu- so I don't think it is. It's definitely something disgusting. And I, I was hoping your sort of study into all things diseases. Uh, but the flux here is we're going to call it. You do this in the fight phase, and you target one death guard unit from your army that has not been selected to fight this phase. Until the end of the phase, weapons equipped by models in that unit have sustained hits one ability. And while your unit is within range of an infective objective marker you control, the weapons have sustained hits two ability instead. Keep in mind, turn three and on, that's nine inches away from an objective marker. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Wow, yeah. Okay. Infected objective markers. Yes. Which sustain hits too. Let's go on to the Terminators when we talk about their weapons. Because the Light Lord Terminators are Death Guard unit spotlight. Uh, profile. Movement four. Not fast. <laughs> no, not by not But by they are T6. Yeah, T6 with a 2 plus save. That's I kind of a given because they're Terminator armor. They were previously 5. Um, but 3 wounds, leadership 6, OC1. Let's. They do have Deep Strike, and I think they need it. Uh, they have Nurgle's Gift, and then they have Blistering Fistulade. Each time a model in this unit makes a range attack, if it targets the closest enemy unit, reroll wound roll of 1. And they also have a 4-up invul. That's pretty hot. The Yeah, they're... Yeah, I like that ability. It, the inherent reroll to ones is, is going to be nice. You can kind of leave a unit out on its own and let it sort of bring in its own performance with some rerolls to back. But I kind of want to go over their weapons because um, yeah, this we're is really. What are sustained hits going to get us, right? Right. So let's talk about the Blight Launcher has lethal hits. So that means automatic wounds on sixes to hit. Range 24, two attacks, three up ballistic skills, strength six, neg two, neg one, two damage. Um, pretty similar profile other than the lethal hits. The next is combi weapon, and I'm curious. So combi weapon means bolter and... Yeah, but in this, it looks like it's all kind of baked into one profile. So right. it has lethal hits and rapid fire. Is that a two? No, we're do- that's that's the play combi oh, weapon. Oh, no, it's a, it's a play combi bolter. Okay, so no the combi weapon is anti-infantry four, devastating yeah. wounds, rapid fire one. So Wow. It's weird, but it's awesome. So it's shooting infantry at 12 inches, two shots, doing mortal wounds on four ups. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty, pretty good. It's just a nice little reliable way to pepper some wounds out of a squad before you inevitably and roll it's in. Wounds. That's yeah. what's awesome. It is what's awesome. And then let's. It's it's the closest one. Now I'm rerolling ones to, on that on top of that. Yep. Plague combi bolter is lethal hits rapid fire two. So that's four shots within half range, um, which is twelve. Range is twenty four. Two shots. Uh, it's just ballistic skill three, strength four, AP dash. One damage, but lots of DACA within 12, and you're auto-wounding on sixes. You have to correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm losing my mind because we are getting to the end of this, and we're ending on a chaos faction. Lethal hits and sustained hits. We're, we're talking stackable abilities here, correct? Yep. Wow. <laughs> so not only are you getting the extra hits, but they're like effectively auto-wounding. Yeah, as, as far as I know. That's cool. I don't know. They'll have to FAQ if those auto hits, yeah, generate or if you got to roll automatic on damage. Right. I, my guess is no. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I interpret on its face value, it's like one triggers off the other the same way. You know, devastating wounds and anti. You know. But imagine that combi weapon where you have the devastating wounds and anti infantry with sustained hits too. <laughs> yeah. You just roll in on objective and just like now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You could really mortal wounds. Could, you could really clear a house with that stench. Right? Right. And my 
my guess, I, again, I the the anti infantry with the devastating wounds with the sustain hits. I'd, I'd be curious how that interaction works because let's say I, I shoot twenty times, uh, I hit. Oh, devastating wounds would be on the, no, on the wound yeah, part. The yeah. on the wound, but, so but you just get all those additional hits. Yeah, that could that's, that's a lot of mortal wounds, yeah. potentially, right? Then we go on to the Plague Spear, which is awesome. 12 inches, D6. It's a flamer. Uh, ballistic skill is torrent, but it's uh, strength 5, neg 1, 1 damage. Ignores cover, torrent, and is anti-infantry 2 up. That's pretty good. Now, this is another example of having sustained hits and torrent, so I would be curious of how they will treat this, or if it's just one or the... like. You. I don't think you get it. Yeah, which may make sense. I mean, but it's still worth the cast on the squad potentially with that CP with all the other shots that you have. And then the last weapon profile we have is the Reaper Auto Cannon, thirty six inches, four attacks, blitz skill three, uh, strength seven, neg one, one damage. Not bad against sustain hits one, like, devastating yeah, like wounds. And would those stack? Like, have they clarified in the rules? If I have sustained hits two and sustained hits one, that does it become sustained hits three? That is a I, my assumption is no, no but, but I've read other games, and I'm not saying which ones, but there's games that this sort of approach is based on, and they do it. But yeah, I would be curious. I would absolutely be curious in this because it's one source of a buff. We know that for our profile, like your weapon skill through save. Generally, you can't get more than one of the same source, but in this case, I'd be curious if keywords stack like that. That'd be awesome. It would be. I, I can't think of a reason why it would Yeah, I mean, really, like, You're that's their whole extra attack for that six. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of the shtick, right? So I, I, to me, then, it would be like, well, why can I just take the sustained hits two instead of one? Maybe that's it. You opt over the the greater of the two or something. Yeah. Maybe Still need to find out, but we'll need an FAQ for sure. And I was about to comment on that. As we go through this, like, it, we've already identified a couple of points where it's like, you could use an FAQ here. Because it doesn't say the realm simple. of ambiguity. It doesn't say replace... Anything, no, so that's why that's why the wording is a little curious, right? To me. And ladies and gentlemen, the sub realm of ambiguity is not one you want to get lost in. That's how friends become enemies, and some enemies actually become friends. You just don't want it. Subside down world. I don't want any friends. I don't want any frenemies. Okay. Next, <laughs> let's go to their melee weapons: bubonic blade, lethal hits, and clay, uh, flail of corruption. Also, also a lethal hit. But let's go on to bubonic blade. Four attacks, not bad. Weapon skill three. Strength five, neg two, one damage. And then the flail of corruptions fall along with six attacks. Weapon skill three, strength five, minus one AP, but it has two damage. Mm. Imagine sustain hits on that thing. Yeah. I do remember them doing that in the old edition, and then they started lending that ability out to the uh the Deathwing. Yeah. Anybody that had a mace that could fly around, they're like, you can hit multiple people, and your damage can carry over too. Now I don't see that rule here, but when you start getting to things like, you know devastating hit somewhere along the line. I'd like I'd like to see a return. Maybe there will be a stratagem that empowers that big <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then let's go to their caster. Another spotlight. Oh, the malignant plague caster. Movement five, T five, three up, save, four wounds, leadership six, one OC. Those of you familiar with the model know this guy very well. He's holding a stick and sneezing out of his hand. Hachoo! His giant flies just caught in that. So his range profile is both his, um, nothing special with his Plague Bolter, uh, but we do have the two Psychic Powers. Plague Wind Witchfire is Psychic Torrent uh, D6, uh, Strength 4, Neg 1, th- D3 damage, not bad. D3 damage, Flamer, essentially. And then we have Plague Wind, which is the Focus Fire, Focused Witchfire, 
This is hazardous. So we know, I believe, is on ones. Yeah, you full know for every attack that you roll, you do it separately. So it's not one on the attack roll. You, okay. Like, so right now, if I understand this correctly, he's got D6 plus three attacks. Let's say you roll three, you have six attacks. You get done rolling all your attacks, you're going to roll six separate dice. And for every one, it either slays a guy or if it's a character, they take a mortal wound. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it is strength six, neg two, D3 damage. Pretty good damage. It is. I think the risk is worth that reward, considering yeah. you're probably going to have some sources that are healing you more than they already are. Like. Not- Nine shots at strength six, neg two, d three damage. That's pretty good. Then his then his melee weapon is corrupted staff. Melee four attacks, weapon skill three, strength six, neg one, d three damage. Does that this legal hits and psychic? Nice. I'm guessing that's what force weapons are going to look like if we haven't already touched on that already. Lethal yeah. hits, psychic. Nurgle's gift. Um, then he has gift of contagion and presence. Uh, pestilent pestilent fallout. fallout. Both are great. Um, do you want to go over the Gift of Contagion? Yeah, you can do that. So in your shooting phase, you can select one enemy unit within 18 inches invisible to the Psyker. What you're going to do is roll 1d6. On a 1, the Psyker is the Psyker and his unit, assuming he's got bodyguards because he's a leader, they're going to suffer d3 mortal wounds. However, on a 2, until the start of your next shooting phase, each time a model in the enemy unit that makes a melee attack, you're going to subtract 1 from their wound roll. Ooh, man, yeah. debuff from hell. Yes, indeed. I like that. Um, I go right along when you roll into... Sure, go ahead. Let's fall out right into that. In your shooting phase, after the model has shot, if one or more of the attacks made with the plague wind scored a wound against an enemy infantry unit until the start of your next turn, subtract two from that unit's move characteristic and subtract two from the advance and charge was made for that unit. That's potentially neg six on your movement. There's just, oh, I can smell it. And they're just coughing and, oh. That is a powerhouse of a unit, in my opinion. Uh, Giddy with laughter through mucus-filled <laughs> coated lungs. You're doing neg one to wound to me, and you're slow, and I just pumped you out with a yeah. bunch of damage. Yeah, we're you know, welcome to my mud pit of mucus, my friend. He sneezed one hell of a sneeze. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's very Nurgle. I like it. I, I really do. Um, they, they still have Marines. They have what you'd assume is a higher toughness, uh, slower because they're bloated, but you, I feel like... And this is just me looking at Age of Sigmar, comparing it to Warhammer 40k. When you look at the armies in Age of Sigmar, have the gods beholden to them, you definitely feel the gods shining through. And 40k, certain armies did that better than others, but to see the the Death Guard represent that well in 10th edition, I feel like Nurgle is his gifts are felt. Like your opponent's going to feel them. I know you are too. Like, <laughs> yeah, the the, the sticky objectives with the nine inch. Yeah, aura. It just oh, everyone's getting sick. It'd be a fun. Uh, Fight between them and the Admac. Yeah. Hey, interesting. And if that wasn't enough, ladies and gentlemen, uh, last but not least in our coverage for today, we have the Death Guard Weapon Spotlight with the Plague Burst Mortar. The Plague, Plague Burst Crawler was one of my favorite demon engines. I do remember that. It, uh, the Mortar has gotten better, in my opinion. Blast, indirect, lethal hits. Um, it's not heavy, so we are abstaining that negative one to hit from that indirect, but... That's um, if you're targeting somebody you can't see, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, they're sitting at BS3 on this, and I remember them thinking that they were BS4 because they're demon engines. They but were, but they got they got better in 9. Oh, they, they went okay. up to 3. I don't think that these guys were ever needing uh, indirect fighter because they were so... They were T8 in ninth right. edition. So but, I, my assumption is they're T14 or, t- or, or 13, <laughs> Maybe 12. Maybe so, yeah. I mean, in this case... And it does make sense. They're a mortar, you know. I, mm-hmm. 
think it's funny, finally. <laughs> Something other than guard have them. It is range 48. D6 plus 3 attacks, and oh man, all the Death Guard players out there, you, when you rolled a blast. 1, I'm yeah. blessed on top of that. Uh-huh. Uh, rolled that 1. You're still hitting 4 times. Blessed skill 3, strength 8, nick 1, 2 damage. And if you target an infantry unit with that mortar and it hits, they take a battle shock test. Wow. So Sporlace <laughs> Shockwaves. Yeah. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that that uh makes that threatens your backline. I think that's like their equivalent of a like a Lehman Russ. Like the guard are probably gonna have some of the shells to crap out of something. They had flamers on the side or entropy cannons that were like big time melta shots too. So cool. it's it's gonna be a a one heck of a weapon for the probably gonna move guard. and shoot if you need to, but I if you gotta it. camp it, then <laughs> you don't need to. Right? Yeah, imagine not. Why not? I mean, at this case, folks, it's your rolling fortress of plague with your death guard. Why? Why you do it? I mean, take three. I think death guard are, are going to be good. Imagine that thing with a nine inch bubble. I mean, it's big enough. <laughs> Disgusting. Rolling up with the flamers that are auto. Like I assume that those. Those flamers are anti-infantry two plus as well. Ugh. Yeah, it's anti-infantry something, and it's, it's just <laughs> gonna it's gonna be gnarly, dude. Like real gnarly. Like it's gonna be good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps us up for this session of faction previews. Yeah, faction focus week part three. I've been Scott, one of your batch brothers. Joined with me today is. Stuart, another batch bro. One day we'll have our numbers, but as always, you have been listening to Dark City Discord. Signing out. <laughs>